Welcome to Swift Coaches Academy, a podcast dedicated to bringing health and wellness professionals the uncensored truth behind what it really takes to succeed in the health industry with me, your host, Zania Wood. As an accredited exercise physiologist and business owner for almost a decade, I'm on a mission to transform the lives of ambitious health professionals like you who want more and are ready to take action to create incredible impact in your careers and unlock financial freedom in your business. So join me as I speak candidly with industry leaders about the struggles and successes from within the trenches through thought-provoking conversations. To stretch or not to stretch? That's the question we'll be answering today. I feel like I opened up Pandora's box with this one. Asked me two weeks ago what I would have said, and I would have been quick to dismiss it. Research says it's poor, immediately preceding performance, it reduces strength output, there are no real benefits, basically a waste of time. Fast forward to this week, and honestly, I've spent so many hours deep diving into the research, and my answer is not so cut and dry. As with anything, it depends. Let me rewind, explain what I mean and what I don't mean when I say stretching. Stretching is the process of temporarily increasing a muscle fiber length through holding it at a lengthened position of a particular muscle for a designated time period. At a cellular level, what's happening is the little actin and myosin, which need to overlay to contract a muscle, are lengthening as far away from each other as possible, making contractions difficult. This creates a taut muscle or what we know as a stretching sensation. So what actually happens when you stretch a muscle? There are mechanoreceptors called Golgi tendon organs, also known as stretch receptors, located on the ends of every muscle next to the musculotendinous junction, which is basically where the muscle meets the tendon. And it's designed to send signals to the brain to detect changes in muscle length, either when a muscle shortens or lengthens. Smith and Plowman in 2007 identified that the inhibition of Golgi tendon organs causes muscle spindles, which is the mini bundles that come together to create an entire muscle. It causes them to relax and for the purpose of stretching, allows a greater stretch without damage to the muscle. So what is stretching not? Stretching is not warming up. Warming up is the process of preparing the body for physical exertion or performance. The purpose of a warm-up is to gradually increase blood flow, core temperature, and ideally prime the body through practicing movements that you're about to complete with a lower level of intensity than the planned physical exertion itself. So if you're going to be squatting 100 kilos, you should probably get to a squat position first without weight to make sure you have the access to the range of motion that you require to build the to the desired weight you want. Stretching is also not mobility. Mobility is defined as the ability to move and be moved freely and easily. Stretching is lengthening of a muscle. For example, reaching to touch your toes. Mobility involves increasing the range of motion at a joint and all the things that this affects. So these are tendons, muscles, ligaments, uh, fascia, joint capsule, and the examples of this are foam rolling, trigger point therapy, banded mobilizations, and distraction techniques. So what is the purpose of stretching? Let's take a look and clarify some of the really common misconceptions. So what does stretching do? it does improve muscle elasticity. So temporarily, it increases the muscle tendon unit elasticity. So basically, the muscle and the tendon connect together to 
to a bone and it increases the elasticity of that or the pliability or the tissue compliance, which is required for high velocity based athletic endeavors. And it maximizes muscle fibers to ability to contract, sorry, contract and relax at speed. This explains how having a decreased level of flexibility can be linked to an increased incidence of muscle tissue damage during explosive movements. To explain that simply, if you don't have flexibility to lengthen and shorten your muscles at speed, training yourself to do so at a lower intensity through stretching may be beneficial. Similarly to how a rubber band can act as a slingshot when it's released, stretching may increase the elastic energy that is stored in a muscle by decreasing the viscosity or the stiffness of the corresponding tendon, which attaches again from the muscle to the bone, tendon in the middle. Therefore, if stretching decreases the stiffness of a tendon and lessens the load required to be placed onto the musculotendinous unit during high-velocity movements, then stretching may have potential benefits, albeit transient, when they're performed immediately before exercise, according to Widvitro in 2007. Kubo in 2001 found that stretching is able to increase tendon compliance in vivo, which basically means dead bodies tendons, but this is still yet to be researched in living human breathing people. What else does stretching do? Immediately prior to lifting, it reduces performance. So does this mean all uh, all stretching is bad? No, but Kay in 2012 stated that detrimental effects of static stretching mainly linked with longer durations of greater than 60 seconds, and therefore there's a dose-response relationship, meaning that they found that with 30 seconds, there was no real um, deficits to a performance, and sometimes even up to 45 seconds. But when it went 60 seconds and above, there were longer, more substantial um, detrimental effects when performing exercise immediate, uh, sorry, stretching immediately pre-exercise. Unfortunately, the limitation of this study was its ability to determine the intensity of the stretch. So basically asking the question, can you stretch really intensely for 30 seconds or does it need to be mild and moderate? Now let's talk about what stretching does not do. It does not reduce DOMS. DOMS is delayed onset of muscle soreness and is a sensation typically which occurs after doing a really heavy or novel stimulus exercise. So when you are feeling really sore after a training session, that's DOMS. And while DOMS may or may not be necessary for hypertrophy, I'm not going to discuss that in this episode. What I will tell you is that the perceptions of muscle tightness are just that. It's a perception. It's not actually there. Muscles are not actually tight. Those actin and myosin um, filaments are not overlaid excessively. In 1994, Wessel and Wan actually found no difference from doing static stretching on the delayed perception of muscle soreness. And there was another study backing this up, in, even back to 1966 by Vries, and again in 1985 by Torgan, and another in 1989 by Broco and Schwann. This one showed a non-statistically significant decrease in pain, which returned back to its original state within 24 hours anyway. So anecdotally, there may be some clinical benefits to short-term alleviation of pain, and even if it is a placebo-induced in certain individuals, this may be beneficial to be done pre-training to help you relieve that perception of soreness. What else does stretching not do? 
stretching does not increase muscle length. It isn't so much that the length actually increases in muscles when we stretch, but more it's a result of modified sensations or the feeling that you get from static stretching. In 2009, Kay and Blazkowicz uncovered there was no reduction in Achilles tendon stiffness or muscle length from static stretching. So while you may feel a sensation of a lengthened muscle, it is a result, sorry, of the input to the brain as opposed to any actual physiological changes in the muscle. There may be some hope for increasing muscle length though for people with muscle hypertonia, such as those with cerebral palsy. And this was discovered by Thies et al. in 2013, but the duration of that muscle length is unclear. So outside of clinical cases, your muscles aren't actually lengthening. Stretching also does not speed up the recovery process or restore muscles back to this original length that was there before the workout. The purpose of a cool down is to restore the body back to its original pre-exercise state. Theoretically, stretching post-workout may even delay this process. The body's natural response to trauma from training can lead to that DOM sensation, which is a mechanism that's intuitively designed to prevent us from continuing to train sooner than we should and avoid injury. Immediately post-exercise, following muscle contractions, muscles want to relax anyway. They want to return to their natural resting length. Muscles don't like to be lengthened or shortened, like most things in our body, they're continually looking to return to homeostasis. Lastly, muscles do not reduce the risk of injury. This is a contentious topic, however it seems that overall stretching may not be beneficial to reduce injury risk and it's been shown in dozens of studies, including one super large randomized control trial by Zachariah et al. in 2015 in high school soccer athletes. The good news is it doesn't appear to increase the injury risk either. So as a result of the research, it appears that a lot of health professionals now are of the opinion that stretching is redundant. So that seems to ring true. One thing the literature is certain of, that there are still too many variables at play to state that static stretching is definitely beneficial at reducing injuries because we aren't sure yet. So while it may not be any harm to do it, it also may not be much good. So if we are going to a stretch, what's the appropriate dosage? The American College of Sports Medicine Exercise Prescription Guidelines state two to three days per week with 15 to 30 seconds per major muscle group. But why? Well, I couldn't find anything explicitly stating the reason for this being the apparent gold standard for stretching, but it seems to make sense that that would be the approximate time for those Golgi tendon organs, which are those uh, length and stretch receptor uh, little mechanisms, to be inhibited at that time point and allow that greater um, temporarily muscle relaxation to allow the length to occur. So when should we avoid stretching? So we should avoid it when we're about to attempt a max effort. During these times, we want to recruit muscle fibers at speed. By elongating the muscle fibers, you're pulling the actin and myosin, which are those contractile properties of the fiber cell, further away from one another, meaning it's going to take longer and arguably more effort to draw them back together, which is the contraction that we want when performing a max effort. So when at all is it beneficial? 
I'd say there are two scenarios where it, it is warranted. It would be a miss of me to avoid the psychological benefits of which there are plenty in the research stated for static stretching, whether it's to wind down after a long day to make you feel less tight or as a sort of movement meditation. Static stretching appears to have a place. So the second place where I feel that static stretching may have a place is when even prior to or within a training session for some people, it's worth spending time in this stretch position because people, some people cannot get into load or require the positions that they're required to get into. I find the potential downsides of reducing maximal performance are outweighed in these scenarios by the fact that without a stretch, they literally cannot get into an appropriate position in the first place. So there's no way these people are hitting their max strength potential anyway. So that begs the question, what's missing in the literature and what needs to be answered next? Well, we still don't know the long-term effects of stretching, if any, or if it's better than loaded mobility. The hard part is that evidence needs to be based on research that has to come from a hypothesis within the field first. So my hypothesis is loaded resistance training through a full range of motion of a muscle elicits a greater long-term adaptation for both muscle elasticity and the muscular tenderness unit compliance than stretching does alone. So basically what I'm saying is that instead of static stretching, I argue that we'd likely see better results through heavy or loaded slow resistance training exercises that take those muscles through that full range, both lengthening and contracting. So that's what I think. But what do you think of all of this? Did I change your opinion on stretching? Did you learn something new? What do you want to learn about next? Let me know in the comments below and I'll see you in the next video for another episode of Swift Education. Did you find something valuable in this episode? If so, I'd like to ask a tiny favor. If you have 30 seconds now, I'd love you to follow or share the podcast. That way we can continue to bring you more real, raw, and uncensored stories from industry leaders. We also love hearing from you and what you loved about every episode. The best way to reach out is to DM me personally on Instagram at Swift Coaches Academy. Until next time, and in whatever you do, move swiftly.